from the theme, judge not and follow the golden rule. Judge not and follow the golden rule. From the book of Matthew chapter 7, we want to look at verses 7 to 14. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 14, but I do want to read the first verse. Judge not that ye be not judged. And then verse 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks find, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom, if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If he then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets enter in at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go there at it. But because narrow is the gate and troublesome is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. May the Lord have a blessing to his word. We read in your hearing, Matthew 7, verse 1, verse 7 to 14. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you for your kindness, and we thank you for your glory, and thank you for your majesty, and we thank you for your power and your presence. We just ask now to come in among us through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Have thy way, O most holy. Be with us and stand by us today and bring back to those th- our mind those things that we've already studied. Lord God, feed us until we want no more. We bless you this morning. We praise you. Now hide us behind the cross and use us for your glory. We give you praise and honor. We magnify and edify you. As our servant's prayer, we ask in Christ's mighty name. And all of God's people say, Amen. God bless you this morning. Looking at this particular chapter, we find the word of God tells us that, that, that there is one judge in life. And, and that judge, that judge is Christ himself, our Lord and Savior. He is the only wise judge of his people. The Bible tells us and shares with us in the book of Matthew, a judge is one who declares the law to form an opinion, to inflict a penalty upon, to punish, or to try someone and pronounce a sentence on them. That's what it means to pass judgment. And God didn't make any of us judges, for we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So he didn't make, he said, if you judge, judge righteously, judge those things that are righteous before God and the things of God. So we should have righteous judgments and, and not, not, not just any judgment. The Bible tells us and shares with us, there is a question. You, you, if you got a question, it said, do you have factual evidence or proposition and what supports your proposition? You are accusing falsely and don't know the facts. So what is the proposition? What is your position? What is a proposition? A proposition is a statement, an accusation that expresses judgment or opinion against another. And God didn't leave any of us in charge to do such a thing. He said, you are brothers and sisters in Christ and live together in unity, work together in unity. Do those things that bring glory and praise to Christ in unity in the body of Christ and in the church. The writer said, ask and it shall be given. What does it mean to ask? It means to beg, to pray, to urge, to request, to call, to inquire. And it shall be given unto you. 
He said, whatever you're dealing with, whatever's on your heart, ask God about it and ask him to move on your behalf and to give you the liberty and the victory in whatever it is you, your, 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 your petition, your request, your prayer. Then he, then he goes on to the next verse. He said, the rest of that verse, he says, seek and ye shall find. What does it mean to seek? David tells us in the Psalms 27 and 4, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, yes, yes. and to inquire in his temple. He said, I will seek God, the presence of God, the power of God, the actions of God, the behavior of God. He said, I'm going to seek God all the day. I'm going to his house, first of all. And when I get there, it's not about me. It's not about anyone else. It's about seeking him and giving him the glory and the honor and the praise at all times for whatever you're going through. Whatever you experience is. He said, give it to me, I will carry it. Give it to me, I will bear it. That's what the word of God tells us. He said, ask. It shall be given. Seek, ye shall find. The writer tells us in the in the book of Luke that it means to 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 search, to consult, to ask or seek for, to call for, to look for that which has been lost. Christ tells us in the book of Luke 19 and verse 10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Christ came to save them. Zacchaeus wanted to know who he was. He said, the Son of Man has come to seek to save that which is lost. He goes on, Jeremiah picks it up this way in 29 and verse 13. He says, and I and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with what? All of your heart. He said, if you want to find me, search for me with your heart. Search for me with your mind. Search for me with your soul. If you want to find me, you will find me when you seek me in that manner. When you call upon me in that manner, I am going to make myself available unto you. Seek, he said. And when you seek, knock. When you knock, he said, just keep knocking. The Bible tells us in Revelation 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens unto me or open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. So he tells you, this is what you've got to do in order to have liberty, in order to have victory. You have got to go knocking on the door and keep knocking till you can get in. Christ said, I'm, at, I'm standing at your heart. I'm standing at the door of your soul. And I'm trying to get in. And you aggravating and hindering and stopping and blocking me from coming through and giving you liberty and giving you victory. He says, what? Ask. Seek. And knock. And keep knocking. He says, and the door shall be open. Acts tells us in the 12th chapter. Peter had been arrested and put in jail and, and he was locked up and the church came together, the congregation came together in one house and everybody was in the house praying and trying to believe God that Peter would be delivered from prison, that Peter would get out and be free again. And they were in there busy praying and seeking God and praying and praying and praying and there was a knock at the door. And, 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 and this maid got up and went to the door and when she opened the door she saw Peter standing there and she said this can't be she slammed the door and went back in the house and Peter just stood there knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking until they opened the door and let him in see sometimes you got to keep knocking for your deliverance you got to keep knocking for your victory. You got to keep knocking to overcome the adversaries of the devil. You got to keep knocking to get to the place where God's trying to get you to in life. You have got to keep knocking, knocking until you get the answer, knocking until the door opens for you. That's what he's telling us. Keep knocking. Don't give up. Don't stop knocking. Keep knocking and trusting God. What if, what if Peter had to stop knocking? What if the Savior had to stop asking God to bless us and to Give us liberty and yes. believe in God for us to have salvation. 
What if that had happened? Where would we be today? But thank God, if we look at our own situations, parents praying and fellow members praying and the saints praying, and if they hadn't been praying for us, because some of us are going on somebody else's prayer, we ain't going on our own prayer. Mama praying and daddy praying, sister praying and brother praying, the pastor praying, others in the sanctuary praying for your victory and your deliverance, for your healing. God, I said, Father, heal them. Father, cover them in the blood. Father, I apply the blood to the whole sanctuary. I apply the blood to the whole congregation. I apply the blood to watch over the whole ministry. Keep us all safe from hurt, harm, or danger. Stop the devil in his tracks when he come up against your people. Deliver us and give us victory every time we call upon you. We want to walk in victory. And he said, I'll give you victory. But you've got to trust me. See, see, this is about prayer. This particular area of the scripture is about prayer. He said, go and pray until you get relief. Remember, Jacob wrestled with the angel all night long. And Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. He woke up the next morning and his hip was out of joint because he wrestled with the angel all night long trying to get his blessing. And sometimes in prayer, you got to stay right there. You got to keep asking. You got to keep seeking. You got to keep knocking until you get the answer and get your victory. And when God gives you the victory, all the devils in hell can't stop it. They can't defeat you. They can't come up against you. Because when God's on your side and his power is in your heart, what devil can stand up against God? Israel got into situations and every time the devil came up against Israel, God spoke to the manservant and said, go and take them out. Go and destroy them. Let them know that I am God and beside me there is no other. I will watch over them. I will protect them. I will keep them safe from all harm and danger. Put his faith and trust in God. Verse says, for everyone that asketh receiveth. Verse 8. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, the door shall be opened. For what man of you is, uh, is there of you that whom, if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? If he asks for bread, will he give him a stone? If he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? If he then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the good things of heaven to those that trust in him, that ask him? God says, I am here to answer your petitions. I am here to deliver you out of your iniquities. I'm here to deliver you out of all of your circumstances and situations and attacks of the enemy. Don't stop praying because you don't see the light. Don't stop praying, praying because you don't realize, you don't think it's going to manifest or happen for you. Don't stop praying because God is going to be on your side. He's going to protect you. He's going to watch over you. He's going to make sure that you get exactly what you're praying for. And then, but the other thing is you got to start speaking what you want. So you got to speak life to your situation. I mean, I was in a dark, groomy place. And the more I thought about that issue, the worse it got. See, God don't start working till you leave it alone. When you stop thinking about it, stop worrying about it, and just say, Lord, it's in your hands. I thank you that I know I've got the victory over whatever I'm going through. I know I've got the victory over whatever I'm experiencing. I know that there's a God that sits high and looks low and he knows, he sees, and he can't. And he will give me victory over every attack of the enemy, over everything the devil tried to do. God will give you the victory. He said, keep praying till the answer comes. Keep seeking till you find results. Keep knocking till the door opens. Don't worry about the enemy. Then he goes down. Look at verse number 12. He says, therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. But this is the law and the prophet. He said, the golden rule is to do unto others as you have them to do unto you. Sometimes people don't like you just because you you. Don't have nothing to do with you personally. They just don't like you. God put people up that didn't like Christ. Christ came along and started doing good and they got mad. 
Who gave you the authority to do what you Who gave you authority to say this? Who gave you authority to raise the dead? Who gave you authority? They started questioning the Savior, the creator of the earth and the entire world who had wrapped himself in the form of a human being. Come down to the earth and show us the way to salvation and perform miracles before our very eyes and before the eyes of those disciples. Who and the, and, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the doctors and the scholars of the law said, who are you? Where did you come from? Called him Beelzebub. Called him a devil. Then you're standing up trying to do the things of the Father and somebody come and call you a devil. Them fighting words right there. But Christ was as humble as a lamb. He continued to do his Father's business in the earth. That we may have salvation even right now. That's why Christ went to the cross. That's why he died and shed his blood. That's why we have liberty. No matter what attack the devil brings against you, you've got to rejoice. When I got up here, I had a very heavy, grieving spirit when I came up in this pulpit. And after I prayed, it lifted. Because I, was, I saw an oppressed spirit in front of me. Earlier this week, last week rather, I talked to my stepmother on Thursday. At 10 minutes to 12, I looked at the watch when I called her, my phone. I called her and we had about a 20 minute conversation. And at the end of that conversation, I said, I love you and I'll talk to you. I didn't say tomorrow, I said next time. And for some reason I had never said next time before. But I said, I will talk to you next time. And she said, I love you and have a good day. And we hung up the phone. At 6.15 Friday morning, my sister called me and told me that her mother passed away during the night. That's how serious life is. That's how people want to play and pretend and make excuses and faults and blame everybody else. God says, I'm giving you a chance. Your days are numbered and you don't even realize your days are numbered. I'm giving you a chance. You know, the woman was a good woman. She was a spiritual woman. And anytime I had issues, I could call her and talk to her. Every single day, we talked for a few minutes. And I got up Friday and I realized all day Friday, I could not make that phone call. I got up Saturday and I realized all day Saturday, I could not make that phone call. And I headed to church this morning and on the way to church, I make that phone call. But she's gone now. And I can't make that phone call. So I have to continue to keep my faith and trust in the holy of holy, in the righteous one, in the holy one, in the awesome one, in the unique one, in the proud one, the one that sinned, that exalts himself above, the one outside of eternity, the holy of holies, the creator of the universe, the master teacher, the glorious one, the holy one, the blessed redeemer, the mighty God, the wonderful counselor. Christ Yeshua himself. He said, do unto others. As you have them do unto you. Live according to the law and the word of God. And let the word of God richly manifest and purify your life. See, God pours his love out every single morning. And that's what I pray. Father, fill me with your love. Fill me with love. Help me to love your people. Help me to love your congregation. Help me to be that. But don't let them take advantage of me. Don't let them mistreat me. But help me to love them. If you want to be loved and treated with respect, guess what? You got to do that. See, people think, people walk up to you and they'll say, you didn't speak to me and you didn't say this to me. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The response of people are commanded by your character. Yes. Not anything they did. See, if you have the right character and carry yourself in the right way, you command respect from other people. They automatically will say, good morning. They automatically will grace you as a child of God. And they'll say, it's something different about you. And I can't figure it out. But I just want to say, I love to get some of whatever that is you got. They tell me at work and say, I don't know what you're drinking before you come in, but I sure want some of that. And I say, just coffee. (laughs) I pour a little bit of Holy Spirit in me. I do a little bit of praying. And ask God's covering and blessings over me before I go into the office. And I can walk around all day and be happy and enjoy the day. Don't let people ruin your day. My day is not ruined. Didn't I tell you? I feel his presence. Didn't I tell you? I feel his presence. I feel his power. I feel it coming on. I feel it. 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 
glory to God. Hallelujah. Now that's what God wants. God wants you to be lifted up and exalted. Don't worry about the bad experiences. That's going to happen in life. You're going to experience things. People are going to try it. Don't let that aggravate you. Get over it and keep smiling. Enjoy your 4th of July. Go about your business. Go about your father's business and say hallelujah. And give him praise and glory. Don't let the enemy fool you. Don't let the enemy trap you. That's what the devil want to do. He tells us in John 10 and 7. Don't. He, these words, verily, verily, I say unto you. All that ever came before me were thieves and robbers. But I am, but the sheep did not hear them. Why? Because God says, follow me, and I'll lead you. Uh -huh. This was said because there were two roads. Yeah. One road was wide and broad. And he said, many people will go down that road. They'll go through the gate and go down that wide and broad road, and it just, they just pour in and pour in and pour in, and the road leads to destruction. But then he said, there's another road I want to take you about. He said, this road is very narrow. It's very straight. And he said, you, you even have to look. You have to seek. You have to find it. You have to knock to get the gate open. And when the gate gets open, he said, it's a narrow road. But, but it leads down to the place where you want to go. And that's life and life eternal. He said, stay on the straight and narrow and follow the road to life eternal. Don't let the enemy trap you. Follow the road to life. Do the things that bring life and victory in your heart. Do the things that bring liberty. Yes. There are people that's walking the roads. But which road are they walking? What road are you walking this morning? Are you headed to glory? Are you just playing and rehearsing and playing and rehearsing and playing and rehearsing? But there is no life. There is no power. See, when you stand up, the people ought to feel the presence of God. When you open your mouth, you say, I love you. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. They feel the power. Feel the presence and the glory of God in your voice. When you open your mouth and speak, the Holy Spirit says, you should have so much power when people, when you speak to people, they just do Oh, I can see. That's, that, that's what happened at work. People, people, I say, good morning, they're scared of living daylights out of them sometimes. Why? Because the presence is still on you. <laughs> the power is still on you when you're going to work. If you done spent your time in the word and prayed and fellowship before you went to work, the presence is still there. It didn't go nowhere. And because it's still there, it scares people. They don't, you say, good morning, it's a junk. Why? They don't know why they jump. They just jump. Because <laughs> they know the power. They don't understand it, but they know there's power there. There's something there that they're not used to, and because it is, it scares them. And I just get tickled when that happens. I mean, it happened about two or three times a week at work, and it just kind of tickles me. I just kind of laugh at them and walk over. I don't tell them nothing. But that's how you want to be. You want to stay before God so he can give you liberty and give you victory and help you overcome all of the obstacles of life. He says, the good shepherd, finally, one day, Christ is going to sit on his throne of glory. And he's going to separate the people, all the nations, into two groups. He's going to put the sheep on his right hand. He's going to put the goats on his left hand. And he's going to tell the sheep, come in and enjoy the glories of the Lord that has been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Because when I was sick, you came to visit me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you put clothes on me. When I was without, you made sure I had what I needed. And then he's going to look around and say, those on his left, depart from me, you that work iniquity, you, and go to hell, the place that has been prepared for Satan and all of his demons. Because when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me nothing to drink. When I was hungry, I'm still starving. See, right now I can go in my office 
And if I want something to eat, it's in that they be worried. My pastor's say be worried. Is that pastor? You hadn't touched the stuff in here. I said, I'm gonna get to it, sweetheart. <laughs> you know, I just eat a little at a time. But they keep me supplied in the things that I need. And people call me doing what you need anything. No, I'm fine. I am very fine. But it's it's a blessing to know that there are people that love you and care enough about you to do the things that they do. Last week, the couple in the back, back they, they bought up. I believe the trunk was full of groceries and put back there in that pantry. And thank God for that. People feel the presence and the love of God, and they want to be a part of that. And that food back there is for anybody. You ain't got to be poor. You ain't got to be broke. You ain't got to uh, be starving. If you're hungry, get it and eat it. That's what it's there for. Take it home. Ain't got to be no special case. It ain't got to be no special case. You say, I need a can of beans for supper. Get it and take it home and cook them for supper. Don't be old. The pastor won't be mad because that's for the poor. No, it's not for the poor. It's for anybody that needs it. That's what that pantry is for. If you need it, if I want to get, if I see myself some syrup back there, I started taking it home yesterday. Because I put syrup in my coffee every morning and I was out. But that stuff is back there. If you need it, get it. We don't want it to go to the bad. You know, if you know somebody that's hungry and they need groceries, don't ask them do they need it. You know they need it. Get a bag, put it in it, and take it to them. If they end at home, leave it at the door. Look, I came home from work one day and I'm done. I came home from work. It was about 6.30, 7 o'clock, and I walked up to the top of the steps, and there was about four or five bags of groceries sitting at my door. And I said, Lord, I don't need this food. But somebody went to Harris Teeter and bought five bags of groceries and set them at my door. And I said, now, I'm not going to stop them for getting their blessing. So I took it in the house, and I put it up, and I used it. Because whenever somebody blesses you and you try to restrain them, you're stopping their blessing. If somebody want to be a blessing to you, let them bless you. Because when they bless you, they are receiving double. And sometimes sevenfold what they have given you, depending on the heart that they have. So when people bless you, let it be a blessing. You want to come to me and bless me? Trust me, I ain't going to stop you. Because I understand the value of giving and receiving. And when you give, God will bless you. Though you'll have so much, you won't have room enough for it. You really won't. Because God will continue to pour his blessings into your life. He'll continue to bless and strengthen you. The word of God tells us, and I'm finally finishing this up. He tells us these words. He shall set the sheep on his right, the goats on his left, and he will tell the sheep, come on in and enjoy the blessings and the glory of the kingdom of God that was created for you and prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You goats, let me tell you something. I got a place for you too. It's called eternal damnation where you're going to spend eternity because you can't say one thing and do another. You got to let your actions be the result of your life. Only, see, oh, I said this one time before, if you're full of garbage, guess what? When you open your mouth, what's going to come out? Yeah. Garbage. If you're full of love and you open your mouth, what's going to come out? Love. Yes, see? What did Jesus tell Peter? Peter tried to be smart. Jesus rebuked him in front of everybody. And sometimes that's how you have to do as a pastor. You've got to rebuke people to let them know that God, this is God's house and I'm not going to tolerate it. That's not the first time I rebuked somebody in here. The first time I did it, I was at a funeral in this church. And the family asked me to come and conduct the service. The pastor gave me the permission to come and do it. And there was a man sitting right there playing rhythm and blues on his cell phone. And I said, sir, this is God's house. I'm not going to tolerate that in here. You have to cut your phone off. And he mumbled some words. Next thing I know, he was playing it again. And I went down there and I rebuked him. And I said, are there any deacons in the house? And five people stood up. I said, come up here and pick him up by the feet under the shoulder of the arm and set him down outside that door. In this church. Right here in this church that happened. During a funeral. That's why you got, David say what? You got to be bold as a lion. You think David could have took Goliath out if he hadn't have been bold as a lion? He would have never took a lie because the lion was a nine-foot giant and David was a little puny four or five-foot boy. But God gave him the power to do what he needed him to do. So when God put you in place, he know what he's doing. He ain't crazy. He know what you got to deal with. That's why he put you where he put you because he know what you got to deal with. 
If God didn't prepare me to be standing here, you think I'd be standing up here? I'd been gone. I said, oh, no, Lord, I can't take it. Oh, no, I can't handle that. It's too much for me. I got to go to the house. I'm going to put my books up and go into bed and cover up my head and stay there the rest of the year. God bless you today. And heaven's on for you. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning for this message of love. Lord, we thank you that you are the eternal judge. You are the righteous king, and you are, most of all, our Savior. We thank you for the fact that you died on the cross. You allowed us to have a right unto the tree of life. We thank you for our eternal salvation. We thank you for your loving grace that you allowed to minister and to manifest in our lives. We praise you for this message that have come forth, Father. Let it accomplish that for which thou hast sinned. And touch every heart, every mind, every soul in the house. Heal your people and deliver and set them free. When they ask, Father, we believe you will answer. When they seek, Father, we believe that they will find what they are looking for in you. And most of all, when they knock and keep knocking and keep knocking and keep knocking, you will answer and open the door and give them the desires of their heart and meet their needs and deliver them and heal them of their sicknesses. We thank you this morning, our Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy, your love, and your grace. Father God, now we ask your forgiveness for anything we've done or said. There's ungodly and unholy before you, our Father. We seek your mercy, we seek your grace, and your love. Most of all, we thank you for being our Savior. Bless you today, our Father. We love and adore you. We worship and praise you. For you are worthy of all the praise and all the glory. We ask now that you apply the blood upon this, your congregation. Meet every need in their lives. We bless you this morning. We thank you and we give you the praise. Thank you, we ask these blessings and these prayers. And I will say this mighty name. And all of God's people say, Amen. God bless you this morning. And heaven smile upon you. Let us prepare for our communion today. From the theme today, healing, health, and restoration. Healing, health, and restoration. You all turn your phones off, please. Healing, health, and restoration. Put it on vibrate. Luke chapter 17, beginning with verse 11 to 19, we find these words. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of uh, Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men which were lepers, which stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Yeshua, Rabbi, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Yeshua answered, saying, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go to your way. Your belief has made you whole. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word and sanctify deep in our souls. From the theme, Healing, Health, and Restoration. The word healing, it means to get a cure, receive a cure, to be delivered or to re receive relief from disease, sicknesses, and plagues. When we talk about health, we want to talk about feeling the goodness of God in our physical body. Because the things that attack our body begin spiritually and then they work into the physical realm and manifest within our bodies, within our cells, and within our hearts and minds. Also, the Bible tells us and tells us and shares with us that health is to be made whole, to be made complete, and to be turned from sickness and disease to complete restoration and salvation. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless, at the coming of our Lord Yeshua Christ, our Lord and Savior. 
He said, it is imperative that the body of Christ receive healing and walk in health and in fullness and in deliverance from everything that they experience and go through in life. In this particular dialogue, we find the word of God talks about these 10 leprosies. Leprosy was a contagious disease uh, that affects the skin, the mucous membranes and the nerves causing discoloration and lumps in the body. It uh, also gets on the skin and in severe cases, it can, can give you uh, disfragment and deformities in your body or in your face or all over your body. Leprosy was given because people were not following the spiritual rules and orders of God. And because of that, God struck them down with leprosy. If you recall, Moses had a sister by the name of Miriam. Miriam was a prophet, a prophetess. And as Miriam developed and grew, she worked along with Aaron and Moses, uh, her brothers. And in the process, Moses married this woman named Keturah uh, uh, of Zipporah. And when he married Zipporah, Miriam got angry with Moses. And she came up against Moses. She rose up against him and so did Aaron. But, but in the process of their conversation, Moses accepted the apology and, and, and the forgiveness of Aaron. Miriam, on the other hand, she decided to just stay closed and she wouldn't do what she needed to do or ask for forgiveness because she came up against God's servant. But what God did in the process, he came down in a cloud and he called them all into a meeting and he ministered and talked with them in that meeting. And, and, and Miriam still would not relinquish her atrocities and, and the fact that she'd come up against him. And what happened was when the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, Miriam was struck with leprosy. And when she was struck with leprosy, it worried Moses. And Moses begged God. He said, Lord, heal her. And God responded to his manservant. Even though there was a discourse, God moved and healed Miriam of the leprosy that she had. Now we back to the story in this particular chapter. We find that, this, that, that leprosy was something that you didn't want to get. And the reason you didn't want to get it is because it created so many problems for you. The story is told that, that in, in, uh, in the scripture over in the book of Deuteronomy, that, that they, when they were struck with leprosy, they had to go before the priest who was Aaron or his sons, and they had to be declared whether they had leprosy or whether they were cleansed. And what would happen is when someone was brought before the priest or his sons, and, and they examined the sore on the skin of the flesh. If the hair of the sore had turned white and the sore appeared deeper than the skin, they had leprosy. And they would be put outside of the camp for seven days. And they would be in the wilderness. When you had leprosy, you lost everything, your home, your family, your possessions. Everything was stripped from you and you were considered an outcast. And you had to walk along the streets with your face covered and you had to say unclean when somebody approached you so that they could cross to the other side and not come near you because leprosy could be passed from one person to another. After seven days, they would come back before the priest and he would re-examine them. And if the sore hadn't spread it any further, if it hadn't gotten any worse, begin to show, show signs of healing, he would send them back out for seven more days. And at the end of seven more days, they would come back in before the priest. And if there was nothing there and the scab had begun to turn healing and they had begun to receive the healing from leprosy, he would pronounce them clean and he would tell them to go wash your clothing and go back into society because you are now clean. But this was the process of having leprosy. It could create a lot of problems for you whenever you got it in any area. But it was a spiritual disease. Leprosy was more than just a disease. It was a plague that God placed upon you for disobedience. And that's what happened to Miriam. That's what happened to these 10 leprosy. Lepers somewhere along the line, they had done something that got out of the will of God. And because of that, God struck them with that disease. But God don't want any of us struggle with any diseases or any plagues. He tells us in the 91st Psalm that he would keep those things away from us as his people, as his children. He would keep sickness and disease. He said, I will put none of the plagues that Egypt had. And you remember all the stuff that would have happened in Egypt. Uh, he said, I won't put them on you, my people, but I will put them on those that hate you. 
Those that come up and rise against you, those are where those particular things would come. Leprosy was not something that you want to contend with. It is the word of God. It is the will of God that you don't get any disease or any sickness. My prayer is that God will continue to keep this congregation and heal you 100% from whatever sickness, whatever disease the devil tried to attack you. But sometimes the devil will try to attack you just so you can respond to it. It can be mental. Sometimes people have mental illnesses and they think they're sick. And the devil stir in your mind and tell you, I've got this, you've got that, this is going on, that's going on. And you'll say, I rebuke that. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke it. And I seek life and health to my physical body. And we read those scriptures that bring us health, bring us healing. When you're not feeling good, just pray the word of God. Get the oil and anoint yourself. I do it. If I'm not feeling good, I say, okay, let me anoint this area and pray over it. And then the next thing I know, when I'm focused on something else, I don't feel that pain. I don't feel that sickness or whatever's going on anymore. Because God wants us to depend on him. Look at these verses. 11 says, it came to pass when he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten lepers. Which stood afar off. Now they knew they couldn't come too close. But they stood afar off and lifted their voices with loud voices. They said to him, have mercy on us. Now notice, they didn't say heal us. They just said, master, have mercy on us. Jesus already knew what the customs were. He already knew that they had to go before the priest and show him that they were cleansed of leprosy. And his response was... And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, the command of obedience, they simply obeyed what Christ had told them to do. And, 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 and God told that to the centurion who came to him about his daughter. And he said, come or my child will die. And he said, your child is fine. Go back home. And when the man turned around at that very moment, his daughter was healed of her sickness. When he got home, he asked, what in the world happened? When did she begin to amend? He he said, at the certain hour. He said, that is the same time I was talking to the Messiah about her sickness. Obedience was the first command that Christ gave these ten lepers. Be obedient. Don't show yourselves to the priest. When they turned around to go show themselves to the priest, the Bible tells us, and as they went, they were cleansed. Before they have even got there. When they started on their journey to see the priest, they received healing. Sometimes when you ask God and he tells us what to do to induce our healing, he may tell you to do this. He may tell you to do that. He may tell you to get this. He may say, go anoint yourself. See, you've got to have a tentative ear to the Holy Spirit. And when he speaks, you've got to respond to that, to that voice that says, go in there and get that oil and lay it on yourself and pray on yourself. Go in there and get this or that and take it. Or go and drink some water and that'll relieve itself. Sometimes our body can be so full of toxins that we need to be detoxed. And he may tell you to do a detox on yourself and you'll feel a whole lot better. So simple things sometimes is all it takes for wellness. And then sometimes we need to have medical attention. Doctors are not here by chance. Luke, this very book we're reading in, he was a medical doctor. And he went and, and took care of the sick and, and helped them with their sicknesses and their diseases and gave them medicine to heal themselves until their faith was strong enough to overcome the sicknesses and diseases that were being placed and pushed upon them. The Bible tells us, and shows us, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, the scripture says, turned around and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face and his knees at his feet and gave him glory and praise and thanks for the healing that he had received. Now just imagine when God heals us, if we didn't stop and say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I exalt you. See, it's about God. It's about Christ. When we give him glory and praise, we find healing and health and deliverance from whatever we're experiencing and whatever we're going through. God will give us victory. All we have to do is bleed him for it. And as you bleed him and as you pray and as you seek him and as you trust him, you say, I don't feel nothing. I can't tell no difference. But keep praising him. Keep thanking him. Keep asking him. Keep calling upon him and he will deliver you and set you free from whatever you're going through. Yeah. 
See, Paul had a what? Thong in the side. He had a thong in his flesh. And, and, and he prayed and asked God to remove it. And he prayed a second time and asked God to remove it. And he prayed a third time and said, Lord, remove this thong in my side. It's troubling me. And, and, and he said, he finally came to the conclusion. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, he didn't remove it. He just said, my grace will keep you. See, grace is that extended favor of God that watches over you and keeps you, even though you may be going through something with sickness, even though you may be going through problems. God said the spirit within you will keep you. It is the spirit that controls the body, not the other way around. Some people depend on the body and then try to cry out to the spirit. But man is spirit. He has a soul. He lives in a body. So the spirit controls everything. He said, my grace will keep your spirit and your spirit will keep your body. Your, my, your spirit will keep you alive and well. Seek me through the spirit and the Holy Spirit and allow the spirit of God through the inner man's spirit to keep you whole, healthy and wealthy and even keep you when you're sick and not feeling good. God will keep you. All you got to do is ask all you got to do is call upon him and rely upon him and say, Lord, I need your help. Sometimes you got to get medical attention. But even with that, that's the healing of God being induced in your physical body. Sometimes you get such infections, you've got to have something to help you overcome what you're dealing with. You can keep faith and trust in God till it manifests if you're strong enough or you can go see, seek medical attention. And I urge you, if you're not strong enough in faith, go get medical attention. And get yourself well and then continue to do the things that bring glory and praise unto God. Look at the word of God. Paul, John said in John 3, 1, Beloved, I pray that you may be prosper in all things and in good health, just as your soul prospers. He said, now, as you are prospering spiritually, I want you to prosper physically. As you are in health spiritually, I want you to be in health physically. He said, I want you walking around in health. You know, you see people that you look at them and you can't tell what the age is. And they tell you I'm 90. They tell you I'm 95. I'm 94. They tell you I'm 100. And you sitting up there going, that can't be. You don't look like you're a day over 60 or a day over 65. But they're 90 and 100 and over 100 years old. And God has kept them in their good health, in their right mind, full of good health and strength. Why? Because they gave glory and praise to God even when they were not well. And God says, I'm going to hear you. He said, I will give you a long life if you keep your faith and trust in me. Whenever you're sick, call upon me and I will deliver you. He tells us in 1 Peter these words. He said in 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bared our sicknesses in his own body on a tree that we, notice the operative, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness and by whose? His stripes we are healed. He said, you're dead to sin, live to righteousness. It is my stripes that give you healing because of what I went through on the cross, because of what I had to go through at, the, at the one hall from, from Pilate to Caiaphas and back to Pilate and then to the, to, to the Cabri Hill and being strung on the cross and nailed to the cross. And then once all of that had taken place, I died and was buried and resurrected the third day so that you could walk around and have health and healing in your physical body. You should give God praise for healing when you're sick. If you got a simple cold, give God praise for the cold. Say, Lord, I'm healed. You have a fever? I command this fever to break in the name of the Savior and the healer of my salvation. And you'll notice after a while the sweat start pouring off of you and you, all of a sudden you start feeling good. You ever seen a baby when the fever break off of them? They just get to playing and being happy and running around and rejoicing. And you're going like, wait a minute, that child was sick a few minutes ago. But you laid hands on it. You say, I command this fever to break. And when the fever broke, the child became normal, came to himself again. And he began to rejoice and run around and be himself. And that's how God wants us to be. When God heals us, he wants us to rejoice and give him praise because he is the only one that can heal us. Don't care what the doctor say. Don't care what nobody else say. We can go to him. We can rely on him. We can get stuff from him. But God still has to help induce that healing in your physical body. Don't give all the credit to man because God created man. He made him in his own image and in his own likeness that man may seek and call upon him. When you're not feeling well, we understand. That's why I tell brothers and sisters in this congregation, if you're not feeling well, don't push yourself. Do what you need to do to get better. Then come. See, God's not going to hold it against you because you're sick and you're not feeling well. Just keep praying and trusting him. And whenever you can come, come. 
Whenever you can be among the brethren, come and be among the brethren. But trust God that continues to say, Father, I know it is your will. I know it is your world. So he said, with your stripes, with my stripes, you were healed. Jeremiah tells us in 17 and verse 14, these words, he said, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved for thou art my praise. Notice, he didn't give credit to the doctor. He didn't give credit to the nurse. He said, you are my praise. I praise you in my circumstances. I praise you in my sicknesses and in my diseases. I praise you for healing. I bless you for the glorious power that only you can give me through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he'll say to yourself, Holy Spirit, flow through them and heal them in the name of Jesus Christ. And the power and the presence of God will go right through you. And after a while, you go like, wait a minute. Oh, I don't, I don't feel that no more. Sometimes we can pour the oil on you and the oil itself does the work. It's the Holy Spirit running through that oil. Soon as it pours on you, you say, I, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Oh, I don't, I don't feel that no more. I had a girl, she stood before me one day and, and I was getting ready to pray for her. And I just took and poured the oil on her. And when I poured the oil on top of her head, she said, the headache left. I never even touched her. That was God. It was the Holy Spirit. Soon as I poured the oil on top of her head, the, the, it left. And she said she had never had it anymore. The last time I talked to her a couple years ago, she said that headache never came back. But see, that was an attack of the enemy. And see, the devil wants you to be sick, broken, destroyed, distraught. He wants you worried, concerned, and confused. And he wants you asking a lot of questions. Any excuse to keep you from coming to the house of God, that's what the devil's going to sow in your mind. Anything he can say, well, this happened or that happened or this took place or that took place. Anything that's good enough for him to make you think, no, I don't need to do that. That's what the devil does. You lay there in misery. You lay there worried and complaining and, and frustrated because you're not getting the word of God. See, God sent us to the house of God for what? Refill. You know the gas tank run out. And you got to make a stop at the service station sometime. Now, if you don't stop, just keep driving and you'll find out why you need to stop at the service station. So it is with the word of God. You got to keep a refill. You got to keep filling, filling the tank. The word of God feeds the soul. The word of God inspires the spirit. It uplifts the heart. You got to have a refill every now and then. You got to stop by the church so you can get a refill and fill the tank so you can have something to operate on during the course of the week. Because the devil is going to attack you. He's going to come against you with everything he got and more. But are you willing to stand and take that stand and stand firm and say, I'm going by the house of God and get a little bit more gasoline from the Holy Ghost. A little bit more Holy Ghost fire to ignite the flame in my heart, to encourage, to inspire, to uplift, and, and help me to make it another day, another week, another month, another year. However long the Lord allow me to be in the midst of his people. I need the energy and the strength of the word of God to feed my soul. And when he feeds my soul, I can be feeling liberal. I am rejuvenated. And the word of God is filling my heart. He said, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, what? Shall be filled. See, many people are not filled because they don't, they're not hungry. But the time is going to come and they're going to get it. The Bible said the time is going to come. They're going to look for it. They're going to seek it. And change. See, while the Holy Spirit is here, now is the time to get in line. And now is the time to do what you need to do to serve the Lord and to get the power and the glory and the presence of God in your heart, in your mind. And get as much of the word of God as you can. Because the time is going to come when the Holy Spirit is going to be lifted from the earth. And it's going to be misery and chaos all over this nation. When that happens all over the world, because the Bible says God's going to come back for his own. And when he come back, the Holy Spirit is going to leave with him. And when the Holy Spirit leaves, there will be no influence and no reason for anybody to seek the church. No reason for anybody to seek God because there will be nothing here to encourage or inspire them to do that. People wondering and meandering and running around doing all kinds of things and finding every time thing to do. And they make every excuse in the world for God. God don't need you to make no excuses for him. He's God. He don't need you to make no excuses for not doing what he told you to do. You can't make no excuses. How are you going to stand before God and say, now, Father, on this particular day, I want to tell you why. No, 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 no. You're without excuse, my sister, my brother. You have no excuse before God. God said, look, I made you. I created you. I created the body that you're in. I created the spirit that's in the body that you're in. I created the soul and the spirit that I gave you in the body that you're in. I gave you will, emotion, intellect, intelligence. I gave you a mind. I gave it all to you. Now, if I take it all, what do you have? So you have no excuse before me. None. We're all without excuse. We're all without excuse. 
We're all saved by the grace of God. We're all sinners. God said there is none good, no, not one. So people expect you to be perfect. Well, I've got news for you. I'm not perfect, and I don't intend to be perfect. Only what the Lord intends for me to do in perfection is what I will do, what I will manifest, and what I will carry out, and nothing more. And that goes for every one of us in the sanctuary. God only allows us to have so much of his presence and his power within our lives. Jeremiah tells us, he said, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For thou art my praise. Luke picked it up in, the, in 17, in verse 14. Look at that 14 verse. And it said, and when they saw him, when, they, when he saw them, he said unto them, what? Go show yourself to the priest. And whenever they showed themselves to the priest, it took the operation of faith. See, you've got to be obedient and turn around and do what God asks you to do for your healing. But then in the obedience, you've got to believe that he's going to do it. See, if you faith without works is what? Dead. That's what the scripture teaches us. You've got to have faith because if you don't have faith, you're going to die on the vine. Dying on the vine because what? We don't have faith. Faith, the grain of a mustard seed, is all you need. Can you see a mustard seed? And 99 times, you cannot. You can barely see it in somebody's hand. A mustard, ladies, you know, you, ladies who do all the cooking, you know what a mustard seed looks like. It is the tiniest seed. But when it's planted, it grows the biggest tree. But a mustard seed is all the faith you need. You said, Father, that's what they said in the word, help my unbelief. Give me relief from whatever I'm experiencing, whatever I'm going through. Sometimes I'll be in pain. I refuse to take anything. I say, I'm going to trust God to to heal me. I'm going to trust God to deliver me. I'm going to trust God to do what he needs to do for me. I refuse to take a pill. I refuse to go to a doctor. I just say, I'm going to sit there until God works. And I trust that he'll do it. And every single time, he has never, never, ever, ever failed. What did David say? I have been young and I am now old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging for bread. God says, if you are righteous and walk upright and do the things of God, he will protect you and watch over you. Look at Matthew chapter 9. Verse 20 said, and suddenly the woman who had the issue of the flow of blood for 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. Now that's faith. She came behind him. She just believed. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. You ever, somebody said, Paul said he used to walk and people would just walk and walk and step in his shadow. And when they stepped in his shadow, they were healed. If they could just touch, get it, if they could get a handkerchief or something was healed, they would be healed because the power and the presence of God was so strong on him that, that they walk in his shadow and receive total healing. Remember the man at the pools of Bethesda? He was there for 38 long years. And he sat there, and he sat there, and the water would stir every year around the same time. And he said every time he tried to step in the water, when the water would stir, somebody stepped down before him, and he couldn't get healed. What did Jesus say? Son, it ain't about the water. It's about your faith. Take up your bed and walk. Will you be made whole? I ain't got nobody to put me in the pool. He didn't ask you to have anybody put you in the pool. He said, will you be made whole? He said, take up your bed and walk. The man took up his bed and walked. Why? Because the faith inside of him gave him the strength to get up and go about the business. The Holy Spirit healed him when he made an effort to stand strong and took the step out on his faith that God will heal him. And that's exactly what Christ did to him. He healed him. He delivered him. Faith is complete trust and confidence in the God who heals you, not in the healing. Your faith must be in God, not in the healing. You must trust God. If God don't heal you, you still got to have faith and trust. And say, I trust the God who heals, not the healing. Because the healing comes from the God who heals me, not me or somebody else. God says, I am your healer. I am the one that will deliver you. I am the one that will keep you. You have to have faith. And once you have faith and believe that God will do it, guess what? He will. He will heal you of whatever you're going through. He will get you, help you overcome sickness and disease. Christ will do it. He don't need anybody else to interfere or to stand in the way. He alone will heal, deliver, and set you free. It is the will of God for you to overcome every sickness and disease. He told that to Israel. He says, and the Lord will take away from you all the sickness that he put on the disease and the diseases that he put on Egypt, which you knew about 
in Deuteronomy 7 and 15. And then he said, on top of all of that, he says, I will heal you. And then he says, I will put the diseases on them that hate you. That's the word of God. Matthew 10 and 8 says, Christ told his disciples, go out there, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Now he said, this power I've given you freely. So you take it and give it freely. And the psalmist tells us in 6 and 2, have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. See, those men back in the old days, they went through situations and circumstances of sicknesses and disease. That's nothing new with us. That's been around for ages and generations and generations. Psalm 41 and 3 said, The Lord will strengthen him upon his bed of languishing. Thou will make all of his bed in his sickness. When you're sick, keep your faith and trust in God. If you land flat on your back, say, The Lord will get me up out of this place. Sometimes Brother Andrew said, I'm praying that God will let me come back out one more time. I'm praying to you. And I say, he will, brother. You'll be back. Now, don't be long before you walk through that door. That's how you have to have that kind of faith. That I'm going to be able to do this again and again and again and again and again until the Lord calls me home. See, I want you healed. God wants you healed. God wants you delivered from sickness and disease. He wants you to overcome the problems of life. Luke tells us in the 10th chapter, verses 19 and 20, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all of the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, he said, don't rejoice in that, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rejoice rather that your names are written in heaven. He said, just like he said, you got power, you speak to the devil, and he commanded, Satan, I command you to flee from me in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach, I will say. I command you, I resist you. How do you resist? By the word of God and prayer. When you resist Satan, you say, I rebuke that in the name of Christ, my Lord and Savior. And when I rebuke it, guess what God does? He moves it from me. He delivers me from it. And he gives me victory over whatever the, the devil ain't going to stop attacking you. But you've got to realize when he does that God has given you strength to overcome the attacks of Satan in your life. See, a lot of churches ain't going to tell you about the thing you need to know to overcome the attacks and the problems of Satan. They want to, oh, Lord, y'all just pray for me. You pray for yourself. So you got to pray for yourself. Not just the preacher pray. The saints pray. You tell everybody to pray and you just wait on the answer. No, you pray too. So you pray for yourself. Pray for others, but pray for yourself. Thank you, Lord. And when you pray for yourself, sometimes, you, you know, what did David say? I have to encourage myself sometimes. See, it gets hard, the road gets rough, but you've you got to step in yourself and say, Lord, these scriptures are coming to my mind. And open your Bible, and if God opens the pages, uh, and you open the pages, God gives you the word that you need to help you to get the strength that you need to deal with whatever you're dealing with. Yeah. So whatever you're going through, the word of God is the answer. Prayer to God is the answer. When you read the word, the word, if you read the Psalms especially, those are prayers that David and other psalmists, it was 105 people that wrote this book. And they wrote prayers in this book that are strengthening, that will strengthen you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 27 and verse 1. See, you have to pray the word. The Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23. I shall not want. He maketh me the what? Lie down in green pastures, leadeth me beside the still water, restores my soul, my cup runneth over. Goodness and mercy. He said, seek me, talk to me, pray to me, worship me. Sometimes you don't need to ask God for nothing when you pray. Sometimes all of our prayers are what? Petitions, Father. I need, give me, help me. I need, give me, help me. I need, I need. No, just go to him and say, Father, I don't want anything. I just want to get closer to you. I just want to feel your presence and your power. I just want to say thank you and praise you and exalt you and uplift you and worship you. And the more you do that, the more you feel his presence, the more you feel his power. And you're not begging him for anything and asking him for anything. And the next thing you know, you got more than you had had sought or you was thinking about praying for. You got more than that. God gave you more than that because you didn't even ask for it. Remember Solomon? Solomon said, Lord, just give me wisdom to govern your people. He said, that's all I want is wisdom. And God gave him riches because he didn't ask for it. And that's how we have to, we just go to God and say, Lord, I just want to bless you. I just want to praise you. 
I just want to be closer to you. Give me more understanding. Give me more revelation, hidden wisdom. Give me hidden knowledge of thy word. Help me to understand and to know your will and your way and your purpose. And in doing that, God gives you more than that. He gives you the physical because you seek the spiritual. He gives you deliverance because you call out and say, I just bless you no matter what my state is. Right? What did Paul say? In whatever state you're in, to be content and to give him praise and to give him glory and to magnify and edify his holy and righteous name. In closing, seek him, trust him. This centurion came, or this leper came to Christ. And when he came back, he said, I thank you for my healing. Now, this was a foreigner. In other words, he was not a Jew or, or an Israelite. He was a foreigner. And because he was a foreigner, Christ said, I expected more than that out of the ones that's supposed to be following me. But this foreigner comes back and falls on his face and gives glory to God through Christ. And that's what God expects. Come back and say thank you. Seek him. Obey him. Have faith in what he says. And for God's sake, always give thanks in all things. No matter what you experience, tell him thank you for what you're going through. For what he's about to do. Say, as the praises go up, his blessings come down. The more you praise and thank him, the better off you're going to be. It may look gloom and doom and dark. Don't worry about it. Say, Father, it's in your hands. We sung that song this morning. I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. If thou withdraw thyself from me, where shall I go? It's like a baby. When you beat it, guess what? It comes right back to you because it ain't got nowhere else to go. When you spank a child, come to the one that spank him. Where else is it going to go? It has to come back to mommy. It has to come back to daddy. He called all of them. The baby, if it's small enough, it'll call mommy, daddy, and daddy, mommy, too. When you spank it, it's coming right back to you for what? Comfort. Because, you know, God does the same things with us. When we get out of line, he chastises us. Well, where can we go? We got to go back to him. For he's the one that created and made us and know us. And we have to rely upon him to deliver us. Even in chastising. You say, Father, I got a bad whip in that time, but I still trust you. I still love you. You are my savior. I still bless you. I still worship you. But remember, ask him. Trust him. Have faith in him. And then after you have faith and obey, tell him thank you. Because you receive healing and deliverance for whatever you experience. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, our Yeshua, our Savior, we thank you. And we stand upon the word of the power of the Holy Spirit. And we command every satanic force manipulating our health to be loose and to come out in the name of Yeshua. We bind all the powers of Satan that come against our physical body. We disarm, defeat, and destroy every power of the enemy in the mighty name of Yeshua Christ, our Lord and Savior. We ask you, power of our Father, through the redeeming power and the anointed power of the Messiah in the Holy Spirit to heal all sickness and disease among us and those outside of this church right now in the name of Yeshua. We rebuke sickness and in the physical body, we rebuke it in the mind and we ask you and command a boost in our immune system. We bind the powers of Satan attacking all of the organs in our physical body and we ask you to quicken us and give us wholeness and completeness. Restore us to health in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We bless you today. We praise you. We glorify and edify you. For you are the Lord of our life. You are our strength and our help. You are our righteousness, our holiness. And we rely and depend totally upon you, our Savior. Holy Spirit, we thank you this morning for this word that has come forth to bless, uplift, and encourage your people. We glorify you. We magnify you. We ask it now in your most holy and powerful name, Christ, our Lord and Savior. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you today and heaven smile.